this morning and was greeted by the sunrise. powerful reminders, aren't they? These videos and some of the messages, the verses, the songs we've been singing are all powerful reminders of what this sermon series is trying to accomplish, and that is that we would look at Thanksgiving as more than just a holiday, but that it would become a virtue. That we would look at Thanksgiving as something that is not an option. It's not something that we just do if we feel like it. Honestly, in Scripture, we, we, we can say this with great assurance that it is a command of our God to be thankful. And so this morning, I'd like to ask you with me to turn to the book in the Bible that has the most chapters. How you like that, huh? I'm just seeing if you guys know where that's at. Who, who knows the book in the Bible that has the most chapters? Psalms, good. I think there's somebody in every pew. And then when you turn to that book, I then want you to turn to Psalm chapter 107. This psalm was one of the latest psalms written. It is written after Israel had gone back into 
captivity of 70 years, the Babylonian captivity. It was written hundreds of years after David had been king. If you need a worship God, raise your hand. Anybody need a worship God? Got a few worship guiders out there? Yeah, good. Thank you, guys. That's exactly what I need every now and then is I need a reminder. Praise Jesus. All right, just keep your hands up. In other words, most of Psalms, much of Psalms was written by King David. But not this Psalm. This Psalm was written hundreds of years after King David or many, many kings after King David. And there might be some significance in that. This psalm, Psalm 107, is doing this. Are you ready? This is kind of important for you to know. It is reviewing all the good things that God has done after his people had gone through a difficult time. Did you get that? This psalm is written. This psalm is written as a review. Of all the good things that God has done for his people after they had gone through a difficult time. Now, the reason why this could be so helpful this morning is if we all can establish this fact and be honest and admit this. That all of us have gone, are going, or will go through a difficult time. Does that cover all of us? Okay, good. We're all on board. We've all either been through one, probably just like recently, or we're in the middle of a difficult situation, or we're about to enter into a difficult situation. And so God says, I want to write to those people. And I want to review the things that I did for them, and I want to remind generations to come what they need to do. There's a formula. There's something that There's something too difficult times that leads us to something. Notice, if you would please, in verse 1, 2, and 3 of kind of the introduction of Psalm 107, where it says, Oh, give thanks. What a way to conclude the series. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Reminds me of that song that we hear on the radio sometimes. His love never fails, never gives up. Never runs out on me. You've heard that one? That's what that verse is all about. His love never fails. Never gives up. Never runs out. His mercy endureth forever. And here's who needs to understand that. Never forget that. And constantly say that. The redeemed of the Lord. Look at verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say what? Say his mercy endureth forever. His love never runs out, never fails, never gives up on me. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Verse 3, and gather them out of the lands of the east, the west, the north, and the south. So everywhere that God's people are, may they come together and let the redeemed of the Lord say so. This psalm, in a way, in a way, is a command. And it needs to be obeyed in church. And we're going to see that in just a moment. In fact, at the very end of the message, I'm going to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you why this particular command needs to be obeyed in the congregation, in the assembly, like we are in this morning. Once a, once a week, we come together to obey this command. Now, first of all, let's, let's jump right in with, with, with the four types of people. Because if you'll notice in your notes here, there are four types of people that have gone through something in this, in this, in this psalm. There's four different, almost as if God says, okay, this is... 
This is the first group I want to discuss. And then there's another type of person going through a difficult time. Then there's a third type of situation that, that we go through. And then finally, there's a conclusion. There, there's, a, there's, there's a difficulty that everyone goes through. These are all different. We're all in different situations. Some of us are hurting this way. Others of us are going through this. And some of us are hurting in this way. And some of us are facing this difficulty. And we're all kind of come together this morning. But we, we all come broken. We all come needy. We all come admitting that there's something that we need help with. And that's kind of where we need to be this morning is in that place of kind of admitting and, and, and fessing up that we, we need help. Notice, if you would, please, the first type of person is found in verse 4 and 5. This speaks of a people who are lost and they're wandering aimlessly in life. Look at verse 4 of chapter 107 after we've read the introductory verses. It says the, that these people are wandering in the wilderness They're in a solitary way. They're very lonely. They're all alone, maybe. There's no city to dwell in. They they don't really have a home. They don't have a place to live. Maybe they're hungry or they're thirsty. Their soul is fainting in them. Here's a people who are in trouble. They're lost. Maybe this could be uh, someone in this building this morning who is lost. You're just wandering aimlessly in life. Having a hard time identifying if there is really any hope. Is there any hope for me? Is there any hope for for my life? Is there any meaning to my life? I think all of us have been there. We've all been at, at a point in our life, at a place in our life. If we are saved, that means we were once, what? Lost. And so there is a people who are lost. There is a people in this building, maybe outside the walls of this building, wandering. One of the beautiful things about the Thanksgiving Day feast is it is a portion of the feast is for those who are wandering aimlessly in life. And for the past few years, we've been doing this for 23 years, but, you know, God's always given us some fruit from this event. And I want to share with you by way of illustration a loss that we had this week in our church. And, 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 and. It's interesting, but not, this is not someone who everyone would maybe know. This is not someone who everyone uh, would be familiar with. But we had a loss in our church this week. Three years ago, we, we, we were able to help a man by the name of Tom. Tom was, was on Thanksgiving Day, and we were out and about picking people up. The way the Thanksgiving feast works is it started off just Helping the homeless. That's it. That's all we did. We just helped people on the streets. But it kind of morphed. It morphed into more than that. I can't remember when someone suggested, well, what about people who have to work? Or what about those, the police, the, the fire departments, the, the gas stations? You know, people that, uh, we have a gentleman here that works at StarTech on Albert Pike. He's one of the managers there. And, and I talked to him before the service. He's here this morning. He said, hey, praise the Lord. You know, thank you for feeding our people that day. We fed 150 people at StarTech on Thursday while they worked. And so we, we, we've kinda, it's kind of grown into something much bigger than it initially was. But initially it was just simply to provide a meal for those who were hungry. And so every year, that's what I do. I, 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 I kind of I stay in that little world. And so I've, through the years I've always taken somebody different with me. 
but for the past three years, I've taken one of our church members by the name of Dante. Now, a lot of you know Dante Berry. Dante works in the YPOA upstairs here. He's a, he, he works with our inner city teenagers, with uh, many other of our people, and they do a great job. And they're upstairs right now on the third floor. You ought to, if you ever, I, I know it's, I know a lot of times we park our car and just come to church and go back to our car. But if you ever want to see a really cool place, go up three stairs, three flights of stairs into their, into their little church. It's the coolest thing. They've got a little food pantry. They've got a clothing store. They've got couches. and Oh, it's amazing up there. It's like their own little world where they're helping teenagers who are in the inner city. It's really cool. So Dante called me up and he said, hey man, what time are we leaving? I said, well, we're going to go out about 10 o'clock. I'll, I'll meet you in front of the college and I'll pick you up and we'll go pick, we'll go pick folks up. Well, three years ago, we picked Tom up. Tom was on the street behind Popeye's. And he was a homeless man and, and there was a little homeless camp there. Every year I text, uh, I try to text somebody this year, I text Officer Michaud in our church and just said, hey, give me a couple of places that you might know of some people and he he helped me out and got some, got some feedback. And so we, uh, we've always kind of gone to that area. It's not as populated, but there's still a little small homeless camp back there. And we couldn't find anybody the first time we went by this week. Last three years ago, we found Tom. Tom came to church, got saved. Tom got baptized. Well, this week, Tom fell, hit his head, had bleeding on the brain. I went up to the ICU at St. Vincent's and... And he was in really, really, really bad shape. But he was still coherent. And I got to talk to him and hold his hand and, as he slipped off into eternity. And uh, Tom passed away this week. So we lost a, a great... Uh, in fact, he was a faithful member of Don Meese's small group. And if there's any group in the church that's mourning his loss, it's that small group. Because that's what happens when we live in community with one another. We get really close. And Tom lived on our campus. And most of everything Tom has... Tom came to us with a bag, a bag, a bag of dirty clothes. And if you went to Tom's little place on campus now, you'd find a washer and dryer given to him by members of our church. You'd find pots and heaters and, and things around his place. He's got a nice little setup, everything in there given to him by people sitting in this room. So it's been an amazing journey with Tom. Well, it was, a, it was, it was tough. It was sad. And so Thursday morning, I... Well, actually, not Thursday morning, probably Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I just prayed, God, I want to find somebody out there that, that, that's wandering aimlessly. And I want to bring them to eat. But I, do, I, I pray, God, that you would also allow me, through your Holy Spirit, to know when I need to go further. Just give me somebody else. I, I don't know how many of you remember Johnny Thornton. Anybody remember Johnny Thornton? Johnny died this year, too. We picked up Johnny six years ago on the street. And so Johnny passed away. So we, we, we officially really don't have any more fruit sitting in church from the Thanksgiving Day feast. We've, we've got a lot of people we fed, but I, I don't know. There's just something about having somebody sitting in the pews, you know, that we can look at and say, man, I remember the year that you were reached on that feast, you know. So I was kind of, wasn't looking forward to this Sunday because I knew both those guys would not be in church. They both passed away this year. So Dante and I went out, and I said, let's go back to Popeye's and just see if we can find anybody back there in that little camp where Tom was. So the first time we went, there wasn't anybody there, and we were picking people up, bringing them in. They were eating in the cafeteria. We were having a good time doing that, but 
if you've never been, you just, it's got to be a God thing. There's, there's, there's different types of situations with people on the streets and different types of varying degrees of acceptance and where they're at and if they'll listen or if they just want food or it's just the different, you got to kind of feel things out, follow the Holy Spirit. So uh, we were picking people up, went by a second time. I said, Dante, let's just try again. So we went by Popeye's a second time because every time I come back to the church and drop somebody off, I pick up the people that I dropped off last time, right? And I go bring them home. So I stopped by Popeye's a second time behind on Grand, on Grand Avenue, and nobody was there a second time. So I about gave up. But the third time we were going by, I, I, I just thought God might let me meet somebody at the same spot. But it's okay if God didn't do that. I just was praying God would. I specifically prayed God let me find somebody at Popeye's because that's where Tom was. You know how you get sentimental sometimes? You just get... It's, it's kind of, I know it's weird, but you, you just kind of want some closure. So I go by the third time, and there's a gentleman sitting on a little uh, wall there, a little brick wall. His name's Alan, and he's here this morning. Alan, raise your hand back there. Just say hi to me. There he is. So Alan, Alan was sitting there, and his, the, the way that he got there was a miracle. He, he told me yesterday, uh, yesterday, he said, man, I... I'm telling you, preacher, he said, I, I shouldn't have been there. He goes, I was over here. And he said, but I was trying to get away from some situations that I didn't feel good about. So I just kind of left that situation, and I just wandered over to Popeye's, and I just said, I'm just going to sit here a while and in solitary, just by myself. And so I, I didn't know that. So I pulled up, and Dante and I were together, and I said, hey, man. He said, my name's Eric Pacey. We're just... I don't know if you need any help for Thanksgiving, looking for maybe a meal. He paused. Alan, I don't know if you remember that. He paused about 10 seconds. I don't know if you were checking me out, seeing if I was okay. <laughs> Alan looked at me. He said, oh, all right, I'll go. So he walked over, got on the bus, and came and ate. And uh, he spent some time with Kim Moore. I don't know where Kim's at. Kim's in the building. Kim, he's, he might be on the security team this morning. Are you in here, Kim? He's on the security team. And uh, then he sat next to Lauren Hoffman. Lauren was in the first service. And Lauren, I don't know if you've ever met Lauren Hoffman. She's probably the nicest person God ever created. Yeah. Ever. Some have said she's not a person. She's an angel. <laughs> unaware. And we better treat her good because God has put her in this place. Well, the angel, Lauren, sit next to Alan. And Alan said to me, that's the nicest person I've ever met in my whole life. So I dropped him off Thursday, and I said, Alan, I said, can I come visit you on Saturday? I told him the story of Tom, and I said, I just pray, I don't know if you're my answer to prayer, but I'm praying you are. But if you're not, that's fine. I'm still glad to know you. Because he had to accept me, too. He had to be willing to come. It, it's, a, it's an awkward situation, you know. So I picked him up yesterday, and we spent some time together driving around town, just chatting, just getting to know one another. I rolled, drove him around the church. It was a rainy day, so I was explaining to him how things worked. I told him about Don Meese. In fact, Don, I called you, and I put Don on the speakerphone. I said, Don, could you talk to us for a little bit? I, I got Alan in the car, and Don talked, and... Welcome to Alan to his class if he'd like to come. So this morning I picked up Alan, and Alan came to Don's class. And now he's here. 
this morning. You see, God's looking for people who are wandering aimlessly in life. They're lost. They're sitting alone somewhere on a brick wall wondering if there's any hope. Is there any hope for me? And see, what God says when we're in that place, when we're in that place, here's what God says the next move is. Look with me, if you would, please, at verse number 6. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. Notice what led this person to God was the trouble he found himself in. That's what led him to God, was his trouble. You see, all of us today need to be thankful for the trouble we're in. Amen. See, sometimes we're like, you know, man, I I don't even want to admit I'm in trouble. I mean, people might think I'm a bad person. No, no, we're all in trouble. We're all sinners. And the only way we're saved is by the grace of God. And the only way we get to God is by crying out in our trouble. And so we say, God, I need help. I can't do this. I, I, life, I don't know where to go, what to do. I, I've tried everything, but I'm empty. And God says, when we do that, notice, in their trouble. And, verse 6, he delivered them out of their distress. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. So he led them out of their distress into a city, a home, a habitation, a place of warmth, a place of love, a place where they can be fed. Amen. So maybe that is, maybe that's what God did with Johnny. Maybe that's what God did with Tom. Maybe that's what God trying to do with Alan. Maybe that's what God is doing with somebody in this room who, in a different scenario, maybe you're not somewhere on the street, but you are all alone in your heart and you know you're searching for something. And here's what God says this morning to you. In your trouble, cry out, and I will deliver you. This is how it works. In every situation, it works this way. Now, then God says, when all of that takes place, when you when you recognize you're in trouble, when you, secondly, cry out, when I deliver you, then, here's what I want you to do. Look at the next verse, verse number eight. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Uh, real quick. Anybody got, Chet, you got a hard copy there? On your verse there, is it got an exclamation mark? It does. So it's a line with a dot underneath it. Right. So that means that verse is not supposed to be, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. That's not it. You've given me life. You've opened my eyes. I love you, Lord. I love you. You say, brother, why are you so excited? Because there's an exclamation point right there. There's an exclamation point. I have been rescued. God gave me life. I was on my way to hell. I cried out. God saved me. And I'm going to praise him for the rest of my life. See, that's how it works. That's how it works. 
All right, look at the second type of person here. The second person is a picture of a people who have rebelled against God. Now they're in darkness and depression. Look at verse 10. Here is a people who are sitting in darkness. Do you see it? They're in the shadow of death. They're bound in their... I know it says affliction, but could I say this word? Addiction. They're bound in their addiction and iron. Here's why. Because they've rebelled against the words of God. And they condemn the counsel of the Most High. Here is a people who have become very negative about God. They, they, they formed an opinion about God that is very critical. They've given up hope. They, they, they're, they're mad at the church. They're angry at and frustrated at, at, at the pastor. They're, they're struggling with God's people. They have been hurt. And so now they don't listen to God anymore. They condemn his counsel. They condemn his words. They don't want to hear preaching. They don't want to hear teaching. They don't want to hear the word of God. They're, 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 they're in distress. They are depressed. They have rebelled against God. They are now making wrong decisions. And it's exploding in, in their face. And they're depressed. But notice what happens. Notice what happens to this people. Look at verse number 13. Then they, they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. Did you see that? They did the same thing the other crowd did. The wandering aimlessly crowd, the lost crowd, the hungry crowd, the thirsty crowd. The, that crowd cried out. This crowd cries out and he saves them out of their distress. Look what God did again. He brings them out of darkness. He brings them out of the shadow of death. He breaks the bonds of their affliction, of their addiction. The chains have been broken. I had, and I'll just say it like this. I had, a, it won't say any names, but I had a, one of our dear precious members. I love it. I just say it like this. There's a lot of people in this room. It, it could be me that said this to me. So there you go. But I'm going to tell you, I had somebody come up to me today and say, Preacher, I, can't. I haven't had a drink of liquor in two weeks. Woo! Can we give Jesus a big hand? If you're not clapping, something wrong with you right now. Hey, somebody whose bonds have been broken, they're feeling, you say, well, yeah, but you know, you, you better give it another couple of weeks. You're critical. You're negative, and you, you probably weren't clapping a minute ago. See, see, that's the way we get sometimes. We, every time we hear somebody get the victory, we start breathing words of negativity because we just really don't believe. Here's why. Because we don't praise God, so we're in trouble. We're in distress. I have another man that came up to me and said, for me, today, preacher... Well, he didn't say today. He said, he, he, uh, he may have said today, but I know he said this. He says, it's been nine months since I've had any drugs today. This guy, he gives me a hug. Every Sunday, he hugs me and tells me how long it's been. He's been doing that for months. Isn't that great? But here's what happened. At some point, and the man that shared that with me about the two weeks, he told me, he said, man, I heard from God. God did it. God did it. It's not me. It's God. And he's right. 
When you cry out to God, he will deliver you from your addiction. He will deliver you from your affliction. He'll bring you out of death. He'll bring you out of darkness. And then look what you're supposed to do in verse 15. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Praise and worship. Praise and worship. All right, look at the third group. They're in verse 17 and 18. Here's a group of people who have sowed foolishness and now they're reaping corruption. And I'm just using Bible language there, but they, it's the, the law of sowing and reaping. They've, they've, they've sowed a bunch of junk. They've just been out there sowing their wild oats and now guess what? <laughs> they're reaping the results of their sowing. They're, it's not looking good for them. Look at it in verse 17. It says, fools, because of their transgression." Because of their iniquities, their soul abhorreth all manner of meat. They're sick. They're absolutely sick. They can't even keep their food down. They draw near unto the gates of death. Here is a people who are barely alive. They're struggling. They, they're just sick for whatever reason. Maybe it's bitterness. You know, bitterness will destroy the container it's in. I know a lot of people that are bitter and angry and, and, and they're, they're, they're killing themselves. I know people that are taking medicine not for high blood pressure. If the truth be known, it's probably because of their bitterness. They're just in bad health because they're harboring bitterness. And, and, and I, I'm just identifying that as an issue that can often plague people even in the house of God. But it could be a number of things here. But here are people who have sowed and now they are reaping the results of what they sowed and they are in trouble. The Bible describes them as near death. But notice what happens to this group. The same thing that happened to the other groups. God says, as I review history, as I look back over a people this type of people, this group of people, they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. There it is again. Thank God for trouble. Amen. Man, trouble leads us to God. Trouble is what causes us to realize, oh my goodness, I need help. And so I cry out to God. Thank God for 911 to heaven. Amen. That's called prayer, by the way. And, and we cry out to God. And notice what he does here. He saves us out of our distress. He sent his word. He healed them. He delivered them from their destruction. Here is a God who is healing. Here is a God who is saving people's bodies and hearts and minds and souls. Now notice the command in verse 21. Oh, that man. I know you're getting tired of hearing this. Oh, that man would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of what? Thanksgiving. And declare his works with rejoicing. So now we find that God says when you are in trouble and you recognize you're in trouble, you cry out to me and I deliver you from that trouble. I want you to be thankful. I want you to give thanks. I want you to praise me. Now let's go to the fourth type of person real quickly here in Psalm chapter 107. Look at verse 23. We're reading here in just a moment about a people. This is a people who just in everyday life came into a furious storm. Just everyday life. They, they just entered into a, a and, and I use the word storm because the Bible uses the word 
great waters and storm. And it compares this person to someone on a vessel. And they've kind of gone into a storm. I mean, listen, we had some storms this week, right? I mean, did it rain a lot this week? (laughs) Hey, has anybody found out anything you can do to stop the rain? When it rains, it just rains, right? It just rains. I mean, there's nothing you can do. It just comes, and it keeps coming, and it comes. And that's sometimes how trouble comes into our lives. It just comes. It's like, okay, it's like somebody who... Is, 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 is nailing a, a picture frame, right, on a wall, and they're, they're getting it, and, and they hit their thumb, right? You ever done that? Oh, God, what have I done? I'm so, so God. Oh, God, why, why, why did this happen to me? I know, I know this happened because I'm, I'm doing something wrong. God, what is it? And God says, look, sometimes things happen. It's not because... You've done something wrong. It's just because you're living life. And every now and then, you ever, you ever, you ever come to your car and, 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 and you, you, your new car out in the Walmart parking lot and, 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 and there's a, a cart next to your car and you're like, oh my goodness, and there's a dent in your car, right? Why did that happen? I'll tell you what happened because you're a backslidden rep. No, no. It happened because sometimes wheels on carts roll in parking lot towards parked cars and then when it hits them, here, get the, actually a dent occurs in the car. Yeah, but, but, but I, I'm the analytical type. I want to say, why did that wheel roll that way? Just shut up. No, no, don't do that. It's just life. Sometimes we go through furious storms in our lives. Sometimes we just wake up, we put our feet on the floor, we live our lives, and seven or eight things happen to us that day that we're like, stink. Man. And God says, even to those people, even that group, I want you to cry out to me. I want you to cry out to me. I want you to ask for help. And that group, the Bible says, cries out for help in verse number 28. And they cry to the Lord in their trouble. And he brings them out of their distress. He makes the storm a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they are quiet. He bringeth them into the desired haven. He gives them rest. He just takes care of us. Sometimes in life, we just things happen in, in business. Things happen in life. Things happen in the economy. Things happen. And, and we, we go through and it's, 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 we don't really know why it happened or why it's happening. But it happened and even then we should cry out to God. And he brings a peace and a calmness. And then verse 31 says, here's our response. Praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Amen. And so I'm beginning to understand this, right? So I'm preaching this three-week sermon series on Thanksgiving being this virtue, this attitude virtue that that all of us should have. And we should live with with this, this... attitude of praise and thanksgiving regardless of what trouble we've been in because God is bringing us out of that and he's bringing us into something much better than what we've been in and so when we come together no 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 not on Sundays we're not no no all right let me close with this you know 
there was a day when honestly, and, and forgive me for this because I'm, I'm, this is going to make no sense to some of you. <laughs> but some of you it will make sense to. But there was a day when, when I honestly did not understand praise and worship. I mean, I, I, I thought, especially at church, it's not something you express. You don't express. In fact, I had actually been under the influence of someone who would have said these words. They would have said something like this, that you need to watch out for these praise and worship churches. Singing this praise and worship music. And I would have not necessarily said, amen, yeah, that's right. But I would have said, yeah, you know. That's got to be right because, yeah, just, I don't know why. It's just got to be right, you know. I, I didn't know why. I didn't, I was confused. I, 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 the culture of our church, I, I visited with someone yesterday who said they came to our church five years ago. And then they came to our church last month. <laughs> And they said to me in their house at their kitchen table, what happened? They said, five years ago. They said, we came. I'll tell you who it was. They don't care. Frank and Caroline, you might as well just, you know, I can hide other people. I'm going to expose you guys. Because Frank's a preacher anyway. And Caroline, she loves Jesus like my Caroline loves Jesus. They're wonderful people. And they said, we came five years ago. And, I mean, it was okay. And the preaching was good. And it was a nice church. But. Man, it was stiff. I said, you know, we, well, you know, we, we used to raise our hands in church, and we thought, good night, amen. They said, we were in there like sardines, preacher. You had it packed out. You only had one service back then, and, and you, it was packed out. But, I mean, it was like stand, sing, sit, sit, stand, sing, sit. It was just, it was fine. I mean, but we thought, well, you know, I guess that's just the culture of that church. Well, we decided... Five years later, I looked at my wife. I said, well, let, you know, we're kind of looking at, you know, maybe going to church a little closer to our place. And oh, why not visit Gospel Light? It's been about five years. Yeah, but you remember that last? Yeah, well, let's just see. Whoa. <laughs> we came in. We're seeing folks raising their hands, singing praise songs. We're thinking, what happened to this place? <laughs> said, we like it. We love it. But we just wonder, what happened? And I proceeded to share with them what happened. God opened my eyes to the word of God. And, and then God shows me while I'm working on this sermon, God shows me this verse right here in verse number 32. Look at it. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people. And praise him in the assembly of the elders. Let them Praise me in the congregation. When God's people come together on Sunday, here's what it should look like. We've all been in trouble this week. <laughs> all of us have had some sort of trouble. Sickness, <laughs> finances, you know, flat tires. Come on. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, some, some situation in our family, some problem with our kids. Have I touched yours yet? Come on. I'm going to touch enough so everybody's in, all right? 
some kind of trouble, some kind of, we didn't expect it, it happened, it's a situation, it rained, the, the tree fell on our roof, we, you know, we're calling the insurance company tomorrow, I mean, something happened this week to all of it, we've all been, we hit a deer, bless your heart, Connie, Connie hit a deer, that's tough stuff, I mean, that'll scare you half to death, I've been there, done that, that's not fun, but that's trouble that came, not because of anything Connie's done, just because there's a lot of deers in Arkansas that run in the streets, and sometimes cars hit them. Are you with me? Have I covered yours yet? Are we there? We all come to church because we've been in some trouble. Then, guess what we do? We cry out. Oh, God. Oh, God, I need you. I, I need you, God. Would you help me in my distress? Would you help me in my trouble? And then, God, grace that flows like a river washing over me. Fount of heaven, God's Love of Christ overflowing me. All of a sudden, God's grace comes over us, and we're like, God, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It just comes. It's automatic. I, listen, I'm telling you, it works. I was in my office before the sermon, and I always practice the sermon on Sunday mornings. I get here about 6.45, and I get to my office. It's a tradition. And I get a cup of coffee, <laughs> And I get to my desk and I study the message one more time. And for about an hour till about 8 o'clock, I pour myself into the message. And I got to that part where it said in the congregation. And I thought, man, I want to be ready to praise the Lord. I said, God, I'm just going to try all this. I'm going to try this whole method. First, God, I'm going to tell you my trouble because I got one. And I told him my trouble that I'm in right now. I'm in a little trouble. And I told him what it was. I just told him flat out, God, I'm in trouble. And here it is, and here's what I need to let you know. I recognize it, and I can't get out. I don't know how to get out. I don't have the strength to get out. And so, God, here it is. And, and all of a sudden, I mean, I didn't even practice it. I didn't mean to say it. It just came out. I said, God, I need you. Lord, I'm, I'm telling you right now, God, I can't do this without you. God, would you help me, God? Would you help me, God? And all of a sudden, I felt, Dave, something came over me. Like, Eric, I love you. All you needed to do was tell me. I just needed to hear it from you, Eric. I mean, just, I mean, I don't know why you've been dealing with this all by yourself, son. I love you, and I'm, I'm here for you, and I want to help you, Eric. I'm going to help you. We're going to get through this together. And I said, thank you, Jesus. And so in my office this morning, before this sermon, I, I didn't mean for it to happen this way. It just kind of evolved. I'm in trouble. I cry out. God helps me, and I give thanks. That's our life. And that's why on Sundays it ought to be that we all get together and have a praise and worship service. We praise and worship. And we give God thanks because of what he's done for us. That's what this series is all about. It's a revelation. It's a commandment of God that we ought to give thanks in the congregation of the people. And so as we close this series out, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what type of person you are in this building. I don't know what you've been through, what it is that God's shown you. But I know this. We've got this final moment where we're going to sing one more time our theme song. And, and we're going to pray and we're going to have a short invitation. And, and, and I want to give you a chance just, just to cry out to God before we give thanks one more time. Whatever it is. And when I say cry out... I don't mean you have to, in the assembly right now, 
cry out like you would in your prayer closet, but I'm talking about just in your heart as you, as you pray for a few moments, just tell God what it is you're going through. Tell it. And if you're here today and you've never been saved, you're lost, you know you're not a Christian, I want to invite you to come forward and I'll be up front with a couple of other of our men and we would love to have an opportunity to share with you how God can change your life today. Shall we bow our heads for prayer? And with heads bowed and eyes closed, And just for a moment, in the stillness of this moment, would you please begin to tell God what it is you need help with? Tell Him. What's the trouble? What's the struggle? What's the hard place right now? Tell Him. Tell Him what it is. I promise you, in just a few moments, if not already, you're going to hear this. I love you, son. I love you, sweetheart. I want to help you. I'm here. And just ask for help. Cry out. And it won't be long before we're standing in just a moment that you understand he's rescued you and he set you free and he's got the answer to your problem, whatever it is. So I'm going to pray and we're going to stand and just let the Holy Spirit work for just a few moments here as we finish our service. Father, I love you. I pray, God, for you to hover over this place. And, God, as you speak to the hearts of people, God, speak. Thy servant, hear it. God, we want to hear what you have to say as we cry out to you. We want to be rescued from our trouble. Please, in Jesus' name, amen. Shall we stand? Everyone stand. If you need to come, you come. Grace that flows like a river Washing over me Found of heaven Love of Christ Overflowing me Thank you, Jesus Thank you.